Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 145. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. If you're struggling with your MCAT test prep, go to nextsteptestprep.com. Tell them you heard about them from the Medical School Headquarters podcast and save on one-on-one tutoring. There are lots of test prep companies out there, and their main, their only job is one-on-one private tutoring, and they specialize in uh, retakers. So if you're retaking the test, if you're having some issues, go check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Also, go check out premedlife.com, our partner magazine. They offer bi-monthly issues that you can go check out, and they also have tons of other great content that they release uh, during the week as well. This week, the podcast this week is very different than kind of anything else I've ever done, I think. Uh, I, I Maybe I did a different one, uh, another uh, Google Hangout once, maybe. But there's this new platform out there called Blab. It's at blab.im, and it's pretty cool. Uh, It's it's a live video uh, hangout uh, through the web or through your uh, smartphone, and it lets me have a conversation with people. And so I just got off of a Blab with, I think there were 11 people at the most at one point, and it allows you to have up to four people uh, talking and conversing and asking questions live and having their video shown. And so obviously I'm one of them. So some three other people were coming in and out and asking questions. And so that's what we're going to play here today. Um, I, I I questioned whether or not I was going to release it as a podcast. It was fun to do. But afterwards uh, and during it, I realized that there were a lot of good questions that were being asked. Um, so this episode is a little bit more distracting because there's a lot more background noise because other people are calling in in different environments. And so if if you are too distracted, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll have a, a um, transcript of this um, shortly, but uh, there's still a ton of great information. So if you can um, suffer through some of the distractions, uh, there's a lot of great information to be had. All right, so this first question comes in from email, and it's a foreign physician with a U.S. green card planning to take the MCAT the second half of 2016 and use the score to apply for a DO medical school. Um, So you're a physician, and you're planning on going to medical school. So that's my first question. Why are you doing that? Why not... uh, do your residency over again uh, instead of going through all of medical school. But that's the first question. Um, 
So the question you said, besides MCAT scores, uh, what additional material, such as letters of recommendation, do I need to prepare from now on? And that's the answer is you need to prepare for everything. You need letters of recommendation. You need your personal statement. Uh, you need all of your extracurricular activities all set up and ready to go. So you, you need to get all of that ready uh, so that you can submit your application on time. Your second question here, do DO medical schools require volunteer experience as well as MD medical schools? If so, can my clinical experience be counted as that experience? Uh, it, it can, the fact that you are a physician already, um, but I would get some more experience here in the U.S. because your clinical experience at a different uh, healthcare system um, isn't as good. So get some other experience here. Your third question, I have a bachelor's degree and one master's degree of clinical medicine. Uh, is that eligible to a, apply to a DO school? Every DO school is going to be different with what they require. So uh, read the college information book and find out what they want. My GPA during the undergraduate study is 3.0. Is that enough to apply? Sure. You, you can apply to MD school, DO school with whatever GPA you want. Obviously, the higher the GPA, the better. So take a look at that. And what subjects, subs as biochem, organic chem, does MCAT cover? That's just go to AAMC and, and go check out the MCAT, and they'll, uh, they have all of their information on there. All right. So here's the, the question. How screwed am I is, is the, uh, the start. I regret my entire undergrad experience by partying slash working too much. I had low grades uh, as a result of it. Uh, you're not screwed at all. Um, you just need to, um, to restart. So you just added, I, I completed all my prereqs, but I want to go back and retake some of it. So you can retake um, just going back and retaking those classes, but understand that those classes will either be averaged uh, on the MD application or they will be replaced with the newer grade for the DO application. Uh, the other option that you have is just to go take a, a um, uh, I can't think of the word, a basically a... Um, a grade enhancing post back. Um, and that will allow you those, those are for people like yourself who didn't do as well during the sciences during your undergrad. And it allows you to take uh, some sciences over, take some higher level sciences, show that you can do it. Uh, another option is to go get a master's in something and show that you can handle the higher level sciences. The master's will, the master's GPA will show up separately on your transcript. Uh, the, the way the transcript works is you'll have your undergraduate GPA, you'll have your, your postgraduate GPA. And so that will show up separately. The postback is mixed in with the undergrad GPA. So no matter how well you do in your, your postback, your undergrad GPA still might be underwhelming. But that doesn't really matter. Um, as, as long as you show a strong upward trend, um, you obviously... Uh, have a reason, although not a good one, for for doing poorly. Um, you have the the option to uh, get get that upward trend and rock your MCAT. So uh, lots of lots of options in there. It's just a matter of of taking that next step and and starting the process of improving those grades. So you say you spoke to an admissions committee director and he said I would need to take some postback classes. Yeah, so the, a couple options, like I said, there's there's postback options, there's a uh, the master's class. Uh, I did a good episode with with Doctor Politis all about that, um, about fixing fixing your application and and what those next steps should be. Um, let's see, what else did you put here? Postback, undergrad GPA 2.6. Uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the question. So some postbacks require some minimum GPAs. Some postbacks require that you take the MCAT first. I, I don't suggest doing those postbacks. Um, obviously, you, you're joining a postback because your undergrad GPA is, is bad. So if they're 
restricting you based on that, then that's really not the postback for you. But I, there, there are postbacks out there for you. Um, and then there's, there's always the option of just a do it yourself postback where you just take lots of courses, um, higher level courses, repeat courses to, to make it work. So it will be okay. You just, it's going to take a long way to improve that, um, 2.6 and getting buy off, uh, from an admissions committee member. Uh, there was one, there was an interview I did with Carrie. Um, she got buy off from admissions committees and said, Hey, this is what I'm planning on doing. And, uh, she checked in with that person every once in a while and said, okay, here's where I'm at. And, uh, she ended up getting into school there. So talk to some people and, and make it work. All right. If you want to join us, just click on that seat button there. I forget exactly what it says, join or uh, take seat or all I see is that there's an open seat. We've got three open seats. Four people can join me or three people plus me. All right. Sam is back. Hello. Hey, Sam. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Very good. What's going on? Where are you calling from? Where are you going? Uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Where I just left. Oh, really? Yeah, thankfully. Thankfully? Thankfully, yeah. Oh, it's Boston. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's beautiful this time of year. Uh, yeah, and then the winter hits. Yes. 110 inches last year was not fun for me. It was an anomaly, though. I'm hoping <laughs> it doesn't happen again. You look like you're in a classroom. I'm not, actually. I'm in a conference room. Oh, a conference room at a school? No, at my job. Oh, you're at work too. Everybody's at work. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's working, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's a common theme. All right. Um, you have a question? You're just hanging out. I, uh, I'm a long time listener and it's kind of crazy to be actually, I, when I saw that, I wasn't sure like what exactly who was getting the emails, but, um, <laughs> I'm a long time listener. And like, I, I wrote a review very recently saying that, uh, your podcast and Allison's podcast is better than some of my med school advisors. <laughs> and I was not lying when I said that. I really mean it because the, the advice that you guys give, it's it's very clear and it's direct. And it actually means something. A lot of the things that people are telling me like to do for medical school, it, it's, it's all well-meaning, but it doesn't really have any substance. So I, I just really appreciate what you guys do and that you're taking this time out of your days to do this. That's what I'm here for. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember reading that review and laughing when I when you put that. Part. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, it's not to bash the advisors. It's just that you're you're a better one, <laughs> better than um, some. Yeah. Maybe. So I I don't know where I got the courage to put myself up on this video chat. I'm actually a kind of a reserved person, but um, it's just me, you, I, and the world. Yeah, exactly, and ten other people who I who I don't know. Maybe I know some of them. Um, I am interested in applying for medical school for 2017. Okay, and I just graduated in May from uh, college, and now I'm working in Boston in a hospital. And I guess my question is, what are the sorts of things that you think I should be doing on top of my job to prepare myself for medical school? What are you doing, job wise? Uh, Right now, I'm a research tech okay. in the cancer center, okay. and so what I'm doing is assisting the other postdocs with their projects, and also working with the PI and the grant coordinator to facilitate the projects. Okay, so not direct patient care, re- more research. No, yeah, care. yeah. How's your patient care experience look like? I'm relatively diverse. I was an EMT in college, and that gave me some background. And I know it's in a pre-hospital setting, which is a little bit different. Um, but I think that that kind of gave me the idea of what kind of a skill set it is to, to be the person in care of someone. Because when you're an EMT, you have like very particular questions that you ask. But outside of that, you kind of find your own groove and like how to talk to somebody in the first place, which is something that I was not even prepared to do when I came into college. So that was definitely a very rewarding experience for me. Okay. Yeah. So EMT, definitely direct patient care. It counts, even though it's pre-hospital. The... The thing that is missing from that is the experience of knowing what life is like as a physician, right? And that's what shadowing gives you. Yeah. Uh, is how much shadowing experience do you have? 
very little. The, nice. the one time that I shadowed uh, someone as an anesthesiologist, and they were um, preparing an epidural for a woman, it's this long needle that I never seen before, and it just kept going and going and going. And I, I felt like I was going to faint and I almost did. Yeah. So that, that was my one experience. Um, besides that, I haven't, and that's something I'm interested in opening the conversation for. Yeah. So that's where I think you, you can spend some extra time. Are you planning on applying to uh, osteopathic schools or just uh, allopathic? I'm trying to keep it in mind. I haven't really read that much about osteopathic schools, mainly allopathic schools, but I'm not really sure at this point. It's, I think it's too early to narrow it down. Okay. So the the one thing that you need to keep in mind is if you do go the DO route uh, and apply to DO schools, most of them, if you look at the college information book, uh, which you should be looking at as well as the MSAR, most of the schools highly, highly suggest having letters of recommendation from an osteopathic physician. So if if you're planning on applying to DO schools, I would go and seek out an osteopathic physician to shadow. Um, yeah. At at this stage of the game, you're you're not necessarily doing it for the shadowing experience um, or to con- confirm in your head that medicine is right for you. What you're doing is you're building those relationships for good letters of recommendation at this point. Gotcha. And, and you're still far enough out where you can you can join or you can find a physician and stay with them once a week or once a month or whatever it may be. Get that long term relationship going. Yeah, got it. So work on that. The research obviously is strong. Um, you've taken the MCAT already. No. <laughs> no, okay. No, I've not stepped a foot near the door of the MCAT. Okay, so you you um, you planned on taking a gap year. Were you a late pre-med? Uh, I kind of knew early on, but I wanted to focus on my classwork when I was in school. So I never really got around to studying for the MCAT, <laughs> which is, I think, not the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have lots of time to study for the MCAT and get some it's shadowing true. and yeah. And your undergrad GPA is good. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I would hope <laughs> I so. Details, but <laughs> you you deferred everything to do well in school. Hopefully, you did well in school. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. We'll see. Good. All right. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on this. Not a problem. Show. Hang, sure what it is, hang but... out and uh, sit and relax. Yeah, if, if I will. Uh, I will get myself off the screen because <laughs> anyone wants to look at me anymore. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye, Sam. Um, must be Johnny's. Anybody can come join us. He said LSU has a 32-hour policy, which means if you take 32 hours of physics, chem, math, and bio, they will replace your entire undergrad GPA with the 32 hours taken post-bac. Cool. I do not know of any other schools that do that. I didn't know they did that. That's the problem. I, I get so annoyed with um, with medical schools and how every school is different. All their requirements are different. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But I'll check out that link. That's good to know. Anybody else? Click the little join. We can have a chat in front of the world like Sam just did. Thanks, Sam, for joining. And for your review. It was a good review. All right. I mean, I can I can go through my email and answer some questions. Uh, or you can come and have a chat with me. I'm just hanging out. Hanging out. Um, I'm redesigning the podcast artwork. If you guys are in the uh, medical school headquarters hangout, uh, which is medicalschoolhq.net slash group, you can see the new picture there I think I'm going to use. Um, I was toying with some other podcast artwork yesterday for two other podcasts that I'll be starting in collaboration with a couple other websites, uh, pre-med related, which is awesome. Um, must be Johnny just said, thanks for answering. By the way, I've listened to 99 episodes in order in the last four months. Excited to get a hundred on my ride to EMT class today. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. A hundred you're still listening. Good. So I better hurry up and create some more episodes so you can keep listening. 
this is a little behind the scenes look on my recording setup. You can here I'll take my camera over here. I'll make you all dizzy. Got my my mixer there, little recorder there, and some other equipment. Little behind the scenes look. And back on top. Now it needs to focus. There we go. All right. So if you have a question, you can type it in. I'd prefer if you join me over there. Let's see. What can we talk about? Um, so I answered a question already about uh, Dio stuff. Lots of Dio stuff. Um... Uh, I had a good question come in recently from somebody who's a freshman at, at Rutgers about to take Bio 1 and thinking about studying the Biology MCAT review book at the same time, kind of going hand-in-hand, hand, checking out what's in the MCAT review book as um, this person is studying for their class. And so it's interesting. So they're, they're saying so that I can familiarize myself with the test and then do that with every other one of my classes as well. Uh, the reason I felt the need to ask is that I'm unsure if the material in the MCAT is the same as what I'll see in Bio 1 class. Maybe I should wait until I take Bio 2, Chem 2, or so on. So my, my answer to this question, if you should study for the MCAT side-by-side side with your classes... It's not a bad idea, and it's actually something that people in medical school do. They study for the board side-by-side with the classes in medical school. But for undergrad, because the MCAT is so different than the materials that you're taking in your classes, uh, obviously the content, the base content is there. But taking the MCAT is totally different than taking your your undergrad tests. It's, It's such a different beast. And the fact that this person is a freshman, my advice would be to don't worry about studying for the MCAT at this point. Worry about being a student, making sure you're handling the coursework, handling being alone or being by yourself now, uh, independent at college, uh, being independent as far as your schoolwork goes, because it's not like high school where you turn in your homework every day or whatever it is nowadays. Um, you're there to be a student first, and so worry about the classes. Do well in those, and if you feel later on that you can add some the, that uh, some of that MCAT prep, then go ahead and do that. But right off the bat, just worry about your classes. All right, what else? What else? What else? Somebody come join me. Got 10 people watching. Somebody can step up. Sam stepped up. Matthew stepping up. Hey, Matthew. How's it going, Ryan? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome. Oh, welcome. man, that was scary. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's intimidating to be on here. Nah. It's just, it's just the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam inspired me, so thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. There's, there's just ten people watching. Come on. What's going on? Where are you? Where are you uh, hanging out right now? Oh, Matthew froze. Other side. Matthew, you're all choppy. Oh, audio only. And gone. Come back, Matthew. Um Sam Sam started it off for everybody, so if you want to join, join us, hang out. It's fun. This is my first hosted blab. I actually joined uh, a different blab last night and uh so that was my first blab. Uh, and it's kind of cool. You just hang out and have conversations with people. I like it. I'll, I'll probably be doing 
more of these, uh, maybe once a week or so, just to hang out and and talk, answer questions, intimidate more people, apparently, according to Sam and Matthew. They're intimidating to join, but... Um, let's see. Must be Johnny's. I'm an EMT and have been for eight years. What is that? Must be Johnny's. Matthew, come back and join us. Oh, username must be Johnny's. All right. Matthew's back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Back again. So where are you? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Nice. All right. Yeah, it's pretty sunny, so it's pretty <laughs> for, rare. For once, yeah. Yeah, not not a problem here in Boulder, Colorado, where it's sunny all the time. <laughs> you have a question? You're just hanging out. Um, I'll, sure, I'll probably have a question here in a minute. In a minute? Just, yeah, I'll just, they'll, they'll come. <laughs> I always have questions when I'm listening to your podcast, but then when I actually think of asking them, they're I lose them. Yeah. So what uh, what year are you right now? Uh, I'm going to go into my third year. I'll, I start in about three weeks. Okay. Exciting. So you have uh, lots of lots of higher level stuff coming. Mm-hmm. MCAT's coming. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> what uh, What are your sights right now for medical school? Are you planning on applying at the end of this year? Uh, well, I guess, uh, I'm still figuring that out. Um, I was originally planning to, um, but I'm looking more towards a gap year. Okay. Um, a decision that both my girlfriend and I came to, you know, we thought it would be, uh, best considering we want to get married right after, um, undergrad. So, okay. So yeah, so that's the big change. So I'm kind of rethinking everything now trying to figure out how how the timelines adjusted um both with classes and then also what i want to do with that year off yeah do you have any ideas uh a lot but it's hard because um i'm one of those people who loves to plan ahead so now i'm trying to you know i've been planning ahead on uh applying right away for a long time now that things are changed it's kind of like I have to redo everything in a sense. Yeah. So, not really redo everything. the the only yeah. The only addition is is what are you going to do to fill your time, right? Yeah, you yeah. Can, just you mentally, you can still take the MCAT during the normal time frame. It'll just be a year older when you when you apply, which is fine. Um, it's just a matter of showing your interest um, during that gap year. Yeah. So I do have a question. One's yeah. come to mind. So. Um, I have a I have a sister. She's super smart. She's in the PT school right now, physical therapy school. Okay. Um, and just for kind of background, her idea of getting into medical school is all dependent on your GPA and your MCAT. Yeah. Um, so, kind of a traditional view of uh, how you get into medical school. Um, and so she thinks that I should go ahead and apply through the normal application cycle. Um, and then apply to schools. And then if I get into one defer for the year, okay. um, I don't know if I totally agree. Cause I feel like I should, you know, I might as well use the extra time to, uh, beef up my application, do better on the AMCAT, et cetera. Um, what's your view on that? So the the biggest red flag for me is why are you applying and then deferring? Um, so that's what I did. I applied and then I deferred a year. Um, and the, the medical school wants to know. They they called me or when I when I requested. Um, Amico, you can join back in. I didn't see your request. Um, when the medical school when New York Med. When I had that conversation with them, they said, why are you deferring? And I, at that point, I had a good reason. I was uh, managing a, a gym up in Boston and, ex- and enjoying that uh, managerial side of things that I wasn't going to get in medical school, how to manage people sure. and, and lead a business. 
Um, and so they were okay with that reason. So if you're going to do that, you need to have a good reason on why you're deferring. Um, and so just just keep that in mind. Um, but if you do apply in that kind of time frame, that same time frame, and then defer, then you have to think, are you, are you going to be prepared to take the MCAT? Are you going to have time to do... Um, your letters of recommendation, your personal statement, do the applications, get those in on time, or are you thinking about your wedding and other stuff uh, in in that sense? Um, mm-hmm. If there are some deficiencies in your application that a, a gap year would help you um, kind of strengthen, then that's great. Take that gap year and strengthen your application. Uh, but have a good reason why you're deferring. Okay. Hi, Miko. Uh, it's a little loud in there. In, in my... Yeah. Oh, there you go. Now I can hear you. Can you hear me talk? Okay. Yeah. I hear sirens. Really? Huh. Yeah. I'm in the office space. So that's <laughs> weird. Okay, so why are you different? I think that's from me. Oh, is that from you? All right, Matthew. All right. Say that again, Miko. What's your reason for deferring? Oh, for me, um, the reason is, uh, in a sense, to start a family because um, my girlfriend and I would like to get married right after undergrad, and so um, she it was kind. Of, I mean, it was a decision, both of our decisions. I was kind of indifferent either way, but for you know, she would prefer for sure to do the gap year, and I thought about it and thought that would be the best for both of us. Um, plus, you know, um, I know you know Ryan, you wanted to get some outside experience. And I figured with medical school, the whole medical path, uh, it takes the majority of your time. And so I'd love to use, possibly use that year to travel or Mm -hmm. to do something I couldn't previously do or wouldn't be able to do for quite a while. Yeah. I'm actually the same. I thought about deferring for the Peace Corps. Oh, wow. Actually. Not a bad uh, reason. Yeah, but then... I called some schools and they said to wait. Yeah. So until that, I was ready. That that's that is mm-hmm. that's the issue is it, the school that you get an acceptance from uh, assuming you get an acceptance they don't have to agree to defer you for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh and so you run that risk. I got lucky with with mine that they were okay with it. Um but it's not an automatic thing and so it's it is a risk if you do that. So if you if you apply, get in, request to defer a year, and they deny you, are you prepared to just go to school and give up the mm-hmm. Peace Corps? Yeah. Are you, uh, and Matthew, in your case, are you okay with getting married at the courthouse and just going, <laughs> going uh, and de- de- deferring your honeymoon instead of deferring the wedding? Um, so those, those, those are things that you have to ask yourself and, and make sure you're okay with those answers. So I don't know if you've ever heard anything like this, but um, a year and a half ago, uh, so I'm in Oregon, so the local school is OHSU. Um, the admissions board came and talked with, uh, we had basically a pre-med course that you could take. And one of the things they said is the majority of those that they accept are reapplicants. Um, and OHSU is kind of weird because they like reapplicants and they like uh, priding themselves in having older students. Um, they're the ones you hear about with the graduating 51-year-old medical students and such. Um, so that's one of the things we were discussing. Should I try to should I ever apply just for the sake of being a you know, reapplicant the next time? No. No, okay. the, the the process is so grueling and so defeating that it's it's not something that you look forward to doing twice. Um, okay, it's 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 a miserable experience. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're also concerned about your MCAT running out. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't don't apply just to apply. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. it's an interesting strategy. Um, I might have to reach out to their admissions office and maybe have them on the podcast to talk about why they, why they enjoy reapplicants and tips for, for those reapplying. Okay. Well, 
I had a question, Ryan, about what your thoughts are about the Peace Corps because we haven't. I've been listening to you um, a lot of your episodes when I bike to work, but um, we never talked about the Peace Corps or taking two years to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as if I think it's a good idea, yeah, I think it's a fabulous idea. Um, okay. I've I've talked about taking gap years in general and how I I highly recommend them because the the more time that you're able to spend away from being a student, the more you're able to understand your patients and build rapport with your patients because you're not a uh, a traditional student coming in and and having only experienced life as a student. And so you you have this all this extra experience, all these life experiences and travel experiences that you'll be able to bring to to your patients. So I think it's a fabulous idea. Obviously, Peace Corps is uh, a huge organization, great organization. They do a ton of great things. So I highly recommend it. All right, thank you. I, it's good to hear from someone that's been there, done that kind of. Um, because I I have people that say that's not the right way to go like that's a waste of your time and so the majority of people telling you that are probably people your own age i'm assuming no it's like my family (laughs) okay so family family's the same too because uh families are a little bit more uh motivating and want to see you succeed um there's always that risk of you going off to the peace corps and you losing your motivation to go to medical school so they may be worried about that as well it would be the opposite it could be (laughs) But just the risk in general, you're like, oh, not being a student's kind of fun. Uh, so th- oh, there's there's a yeah. risk there. Um, but if if you oh. keep that end goal in mind, then then that's awesome. But okay, I I didn't I never thought of that as a reason. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's I I've heard it from some parents uh, that that's a, oh. a, a a thought that they have when they say their parent their their children want to take a gap year. Um, but the other thing to think about, uh, a lot of the negative comments typically come from younger people, so your own peer group, and they don't have that sense of time. They assume that Matthew's making me dizzy over here. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have my pen wet. They, in the grand scheme of things, um, your peers look at two years as this just daunting gap. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody in my situation or somebody that's older, they go, two years, it's, it's nothing. Go yeah. enjoy yourself for two years. You have 30 years to practice as a physician. What's two years? Okay. Yeah, no, I think of it like that as well. Yeah. Awesome. What else? We have one more so, open seat if somebody wants uh, to join us. What do you got, Matthew? Um, Try to figure out how to phrase this question. So in regards to a gap year or time off, um, a major concern is always look, finding a job mm-hmm. um, and, you know, making money too. And... Um, one thing that's on my mind is when going through undergrad, you know, typically number one thing I want to study is anything that has to do with sciences or medicine. And that's what I'm interested in. Um, but I didn't know, you know, if you hear people who try to st- study more in a direction looking for a specific job or what you, or if, uh, you know, trying to wrap up your undergrad, you know, a term early so you can do a certain certification or what do you see people do uh, when it comes to trying to find a job for that gap year? There, there's no formula for that. Uh, do something that'll pay the bills, hopefully. Do something that if, if you need it to do that. Uh, do something that you'll enjoy. Uh, do something that is if it's not structured uh, or related with medicine, um, make sure that you're still volunteering and staying plugged in with, with the healthcare side of things. Um, but if you can marry those two and, 
and maybe be a scribe, uh, which is a very popular job these days because you get paid and you're in healthcare, um, and it's a great experience. You can try that. Does it count if you work for like a public health research group? Um, public health research group. I mean, it's sort of healthcare related, but it's not patient care. Uh huh. So make sure you have that patient care. You're maintaining that patient care. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Hello, yeah, David. David is must be Johnny's. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? All right. Is uh, my sound like my audio was kind of messing up everything when I first connected? It sounded like is it. Is it working all right now? Yeah, it sounds good. Oh, okay. Hey, one, one thing with uh, I joined because uh, one thing with the job, the reason I'm becoming an EMT is to try to. Uh, actually, I'm coming. I was last time I went to school was 12 years ago. I have a bachelor's in philosophy and theology, master's in theology, so I have no science at all. So I have to do it all. And uh, coming the EMT during my, my DIY pushback to uh, have supplemental income and during that gap year. I heard it was also good on the application. Yeah, it being being an EMT is great for the application. It's it's great patient care experience. You're obviously getting paid. Um, the the thing I talked about earlier too. The, the one thing you have to be careful of is that it's not really experience of what healthcare is like as a physician. Uh, great patient care, great experience, but you're missing that physician side. So make sure you you still have that that extra bit, uh, whether it's shadowing or whatever other experience to, to be plugged in with a physician. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Now what, what would be, uh, I have a wife and two kids. What, what kind of, uh, I have no time to volunteer here. You know, I'm doing this EMT shadowing and volunteering is important. Um, because I've heard of some people say that if you don't volunteer, you're just not flat out not getting into med school at all. Um, do you have any ideas? I was a teacher for a while, so I thought, you know, trying to do something in a hospital, make children extended stays in the hospital, help them with tutoring with their subject or something. Uh, but I don't know if that, that exists or what would be a good thing or just something you could suggest. If it doesn't exist, go out and create it. Okay. <laughs> then it looks even better because you started something. Um, yeah, okay. do, do what you can do. Um, the, the goal in all of this is to show the admissions committee that, that you are able to put others before yourself. Uh, and unfortunately in your situation, putting others before yourself includes yourself and your family. Yeah. Um, and, and your family has to buy into that as well, knowing that in the long run, this is what's good for everybody. Um, so yeah, they're all they're fully supportive. Yeah, okay. so I don't have no problems with that. Yeah, luckily. So work out a schedule and and know that Mondays and Tuesdays are 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 your time to go and volunteer and and be away from the house and get everything you need done. And the rest of the, the week is for your family. Set set a schedule like that, and and hopefully everybody's okay with it. Okay, Ryan. Uh, question regarding all of that. Um, is it, you know, when accomplishing a set amount of hours, is it better to do it um, kind of on a scheduled basis, so a few hours every week, or um, can you do it, you know, straight in a week, like you're on a trip or, you know, volunteering-based trip, missions trip, or at work at a camp? You know, is it, is one better than the other? I always look at volunteering and suggest to look at volunteering and shadowing and any other experience as the quality of the experience, um, not necessarily quantity. So the quality of jamming stuff into a week might not be as good as building that relationship over a long period of time with one physician or, or a couple of physicians. Um, okay. You have to remember that volunteering isn't there just to put it on your application. It's there to possibly get a letter of recommendation from somebody. Um, and if if it's an intense enough week, maybe you build a good enough relationship with somebody to get a good letter of recommendation. But if it's not, then um, it's kind of a waste. I, I hate to say it just to, that it's a waste, 
that you should do everything for a letter of recommendation. <laughs> but that's that's the kind of thinking that you have to do. Is are, are you saying a letter of recommendation for volunteering, uh, or just for shadowing, or all all of the above? Do you get so if the volunteering is not medically related, do you get a letter of recommendation for that? If if you think you can get a stellar recommendation from somebody, even if they're not a physician, uh, but they can speak to your qualities as a human being and, and possible qualities as a physician, get the letter. It doesn't hurt to have a ton of letters and worry about them later. Um, you have the, this, the Interfolio website where you go log on, make an account, and just have it there. And start collecting letters. Uh, keep a list of, of who you're getting letters from and, and why you think they may be good. So that when you mm-hmm. apply, you'll know who to use for what. Okay. And one warning I can throw out there is I have a friend that's trying to get into dental school. And he did um, a lot of volunteering with Habitat for Humanity or something. But he's really like, um, introverted and just low-key and all that. They didn't remember him. So... He couldn't get a lever <laughs> to do something wow. and get the people that, that lead it to recognize who he is so he can get a letter. So I'm glad they didn't write him one. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Awesome. Okay, Ryan, I gotta go, but thank you okay. for doing this for Not us. Not a problem. Okay. Hopefully we'll make it to more regular. Yeah. Okay. Right. See you later. Bye, Miko. All right. There's another open seat if somebody wants to join. Um, where are you, David, in the uh, world? Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right. As one thing uh, with my, my question I typed was I was really interested in that 32-hour policy um, that LSU had. I don't have a terrible undergrad, but it's not it's not the best. But if I could knock out a 4.0, and that's my whole, whole thing with 32 hours, uh, that's one thing I was shooting for. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'll, I'll look not, into it. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you have to. They have to be LSU courses or not, or if it's just you're going back and you're just taking a 32 hour set. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I haven't clarified for myself. No, I don't know. That's a good question. A little a phone call to them. When are you planning on applying? Uh, about three years, uh, two to three years, because I have to take. Uh, I think it's ten classes now. Is what I figured out. Because the only thing I had in my undergrad was uh, one math course and an environmental science course, and that's it. So I don't have anything. And really, I'm lacking. I have a severe understanding of math. Uh, like this chemistry 1201 course I'm in, uh, I'm having to relearn how to do you know exponents and fractions and all that stuff. It's just so much I've lost. So it's, it's really rough. Amazing. So, yeah, it really is bad how much you, you forget. Because I, I went to divide a fraction. I went, oh my gosh, I'm new. I had to do a fraction. Uh, it really makes you feel stupid when you go back in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then uh, when I'm in class, you know, everybody's looking around. They're like, you don't look like a freshman. What are you doing here? It's like, yeah, I'm old. I guess. I'm auditing the class. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Jean Baby. Yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> what actually? Oh, there's two of them. Who is that? It's the, it's Ryan Gray. He's the one that wants to all the podcast all this time. <laughs> Garbage. How are you? Well. I'm good. How are y'all? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Where are you joining us from? Um, I'm actually at Angelo State University right now. Where? Angelo State University. It is a college in San Angelo, Texas. All right. Awesome. Welcome. You have a question? Oh, we lost her. Nope. Um. All right. Her friend didn't seem too excited to be on. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Alexis Sims said, "Would it be wise to complete an MPH program?" I don't know. 
I need more information. Uh, so if you're still there, come join us and we can talk. Don't be shy. From what I know about the LSU program, I don't know if retakes would work. But um, I, actually, I think it would. Yeah, because it's a whole entire replacement program. It seems. It, uh, it would seem like that's the point of it. Yeah. 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 Without digging in into it at all. Bring it over here. I can look at it. Um. Thirty-two-hour policy. Wow, that's a pretty awesome policy. It really impressed me when I found out about it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily say if it has to be done at LSU or that doesn't say anything about retakes. It just says. Um, 30, 32 hours of post-bac coursework in biology, chemistry, physics, or math. So if you suck at physics, you can do 32 hours of biology and chemistry and math and stay away from physics. <laughs> that's, that's pretty uh, pretty cool. One, one negative thing I've found is uh, at LSU... Uh, since I already have a degree, I'm considered a non-matriculating student. Yep. So I cannot get uh, FAFSA. But they have this exception with a non-matriculating form. If you're studying towards a degree later on, not just taking classes for the fun of it, mm-hmm. they'll they'll let you get the FAFSA. Um, but LSU says for 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 studying for for uh, pre-med, you have to take the MCAT first, and then you can take all the classes with FAFSA. So. I, I spoke to him about it. And I said that's that's backwards because I need the classes for MCAT. So, you know. yeah. The battery died. That's my daughter. So, hello, hello. Um, so Gene that just called in said I'm 16. Pre med. What's a good thing to do during the summer? Uh, enjoy your summers. <laughs> there's there's nothing to do at this point. Um, wow, sixteen. Go, go shadow, go volunteer uh, in a hospital somewhere. But beyond that, just enjoy yourself. You can go get your EMT, I guess. All right. Anybody else want to join us? Matt's still uh, thinking. I got more questions. I just don't want to <laughs> take all the time. Because um, I could probably be here all day just going off with questions. Um, I guess one question is, you know, I haven't seen, I don't exactly know what the application looks like, um, but how far back uh, do you put things on there, you know? Because do I put volunteer experiences from high school or do I kind of keep it at undergrad or what? Um, if it is, it's a common question. If it's a life changing kind of experience, put it on there. Um, if it's just another kind of ho-hum thing, uh, and not very, um, memorable, I, I probably wouldn't put it on there. Um, I, I had one experience that I put on my application. I went to Africa for three weeks after I graduated high school and volunteered at a HIV orphanage and did some other stuff. So that I put on there because that was a pretty amazing three weeks. Um, but yeah, just re- remember that you have 15 spots in your application for extracurricular activities. It doesn't mean you have to fill it up with 15 things. Um, the admissions committee, they, they, can, they can sniff out fluff from a mile away. So okay. if you're putting just random one or two hours here or there, it's it's probably not worth it. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, 
Um, David, the ninth grade high schooler, who's now in eleventh grade. Hi, David. Welcome. Uh, how much physics do I need? For what? For undergrad, you typically need a year of physics in lab. Um, for most schools. Again, every school is a little bit different, so just always keep an eye out on the college information book for the DO schools and the, um, the MSAR for the allopathic schools. Um, and David says you have to be 18 to start an EMT for his, for his EMT stuff. I don't know if that's a, a nationwide rule or what. Um, what else? What is a good way of highlighting eight years as an EMT with increasing levels of leadership? So as you fill out your application and you're filling out these extracurricular activities, what you're trying to show is the impact that you've had on whatever you're doing. So instead of saying that you just worked eight years as an EMT, try to... You're, you're trying to show what you did and the impact that it had. What what changes did you make? What impact did it make? That's that's how you want to write everything. So keep that in mind. Uh, obviously, increasing levels of leadership. You're as you're more in a leadership role than you are managing other people, possibly, and and um, kind of exponentially uh, reaching out and touching more patients. Um, so think of it in that way as you're creating these extracurricular activities. Yeah, on the on the application, is there a, a previous job experience part, or is it only academic? Uh, no, it's so the extracurricular activities is everything. It's paid, um, paid work, non-paid work, uh, hospital work, non-hospital uh, or non-healthcare related. Everything. So one of those 15 will be job experience. Hmm. Where would uh, EMT follow or fall? It'd be paid healthcare. Okay. If you're getting paid for it. What about something like uh, caregiving? Um, you know? It, as far as like caregiving for a family member or something like that? No, like in a uh, skilled nursing facility. Uh, are, or, you getting, uh, are you getting paid for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, paid paid healthcare work. That'd be considered, okay. Yeah. Because I've seen weird, I mean, student doctor networks, so who knows, um, weird stuff about people saying, oh, no, it's not true healthcare or clinical or whatever. So I just wanted clarification on that. Um, my advice is always number one, stay off a of student doctor network, but number two, uh, read the application instructions cause they'll break down specifically what each section is. Um, and from my recollection, uh, my recollection, uh, last time I read it was two years ago. Um, the working in a, a healthcare facility like that is still considered, uh, healthcare related. Okay. Uh, something besides EMT, which I, I just remember is I worked for a company called Zoll Life Corps in Pittsburgh uh, for a couple of years. Like Zoll, the defibrillator Zoll? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, which they have, do you know about the Life Vest, external wearable defibrillator? No. Um, it's, uh, shoot, it's for patients that are, was it post cabbage, I think it is. And um, I think you have to have an EF of less than. 24 or something like that. But instead of having surgery, you can wear an AED 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they need people to go out and, and so learn about the device and then go out and actually fit a patient and train them how to use it. Uh, you don't really, you don't work with a nurse or a doctor or anything like that, but you get, you know, patient training experience. Um, I've tried to do it again here in Baton Rouge, but they don't need anybody, but it is all throughout the U S and uh, and they paid one hundred and fifty dollars to go fit a patient, and it only took like thirty minutes. So it was really good money. I wish I could still be doing it, but um, but that's another one that gets you in a hospital. You talk to a nurse, you, you know, or maybe even a cardiologist, and you do patient training. And it's it's interaction. It'd be great if you're in school and they had opens. I know uh, one person in Miami. They had so many patients being fitted in one area there. She quit her job and was making six figures just training patients on using this device. But that was that was only in Miami. That was like a rare 
cardiologists that love the thing and prescribe it like crazy. Wow. So what is it? It's a, it's an external defibrillator you can wear and it'll monitor, uh, it monitors your heart the whole time. And if, if you have, uh, was it V-fib? Is that the shockable one or is it mm-hmm. not AFib, is it? Uh, if it, you don't want to shock unless you're unstable. That's right. So uh, if you have V-fib, it'll actually shock, it'll treat you and, and convert your heart back. So it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, device, I'll throw it in the comment. There's a link to the company, but, um, but it's a, it's called a patient service representative, a PSR. And that's the people they need to go out and, and do it. It's all contract labor. It's not like a full-time job or anything like that. So you just get called up if they need you. So how did that come up? Are you asking if that's healthcare related? Uh, No, I was just saying in addition to EMT, that's something something else somebody could do. Something else you can do. That's, I mean, I wish I could be doing it because it was so easy and it got you in there and it paid you a lot of money. It's perfect for college. Yeah. Cool. So kind of back to my previous question about um, finding a job, you know, in a year or two or however off before medical school. Um, Again, you know, my local medical school is OHSCU and uh, Portland is a town of hipsters and people who are different. Um, And everybody, you know, they always they love the people who are different. Um, And and I guess in a weird way, is it? Should I try, you know, is, is being an EMT or doing CNA or phlebotomy, is, is that looked on kind of like too traditional or um, is this even something I should be asking and I should just do whatever, you know, or what, what do you see? Like, should I, should I just try to find a job, you know, a job with experience or try to do something different or I don't know, not really a straightforward question, but. Uh, I think you need to, to do whatever it is that you feel drawn to do. It's hard. It's you, like I said before, you need to pay the bills if, if paying bills is important. Um, and you need to, to do something that you're going to enjoy going to work every day doing. Um, if you can get a great letter of recommendation out of it, that's awesome. Um, but if, if it's something that, you're doing and, and not really enjoying, then when it comes to writing about it or talking about it during an interview, that, that it's just not going to be very exciting for you or the person interviewing you. So you don't think admission committees will look at something like EMT as, you know, traditional or not being unique enough? No. Okay. When you said um, to go out and actually create a program, Mm-hmm. How I did email a hospital asking, uh, I tried to find the volunteer coordinator, asking them if they had any kind of tutoring needs for, I guess, children in extended stays. Uh, but I never heard back. But how, how would be the best way to kind of create something like that? Uh, so I can put you in contact if you want to email me. I can put you in contact with, um, uh, what's his name? The student at University of Florida who, who, Put together a program oh, yeah. uh, for Shan's Hospital there. I remember hearing about that one. Yeah. Um, Dream, okay. The Dream Team, I think he calls it. Yeah, that's it. That's that's uh, about the same thing I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I can put you in contact with him, and he can give you some advice on how he started that. Oh, great! Thanks. Just shoot me an email. Okay. I'm gonna head on out. My kids are wanting to eat. So. And the batteries are dying. Quick. Yeah. Right. They need an external defibrillator on that thing. There you go. All right, well, thanks. This is really neat. All right, David. All right. See you later. See you, David. Bye. See you, Matthew. All right. Anybody want to join us? We got 11 people snooping. Snooping away. If not, why don't we end it there? Matthew, it's been fun. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. All right. Again, very different uh, podcast today. I hope that was worthwhile for you. That uh, There was a ton of great information, ton of great questions that were asked. 
uh, lots of gap year stuff, lots of work and volunteer questions. So I, I hope you got a ton of great information out of it today. Um, I, you heard at one point um, Sam talking about leaving an awesome rating and review. Uh, I would love it if you would leave us a rating and review. Uh, I would truly, truly uh, enjoy it. You can do that at medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. You can leave a rating and review there. We have a bunch of rating and reviews to catch up on. We have one from Jenny Lopez that says, Amazing 27-year-old nurse and non-traditional student uh, going back down the path into medical school. Um, And we've helped with anxiety and all the amazing information and stories. So that's awesome. Thank you, Jenny, for that rating and review. Uh, Chifo21 says, love it. Thank you for the advice and the informative nature of your work. We have uh, BTN220, so grateful to have found this podcast. They they end it by saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for that rating interview. Um, And uh, Igerman, I think I'm pronouncing that probably wrong, uh, says, perfect. This podcast is really helping me make my decision on whether to pursue a career in medicine or not, instead of asking whether I can or can't. I am constantly reminded to ask if this is the career for me and given tools to find that answer. Great podcast. So that was a great review and exactly the kind of rating and review that I like to see. So thank you for that rating and review. Again, medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes where you can leave us one. Uh, If you've left us one recently and I haven't talked about it on this podcast, don't worry. There are still about eight or so that we uh, need to catch up on, but I don't want to read them all at once because then... I would bore you as I'm reading them. <laughs> All right. Again, go check out premedlife.com. Go check out nextsteptestprep.com. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for a couple new podcasts that are coming out um, in a little while. Not not right around the corner, but uh, soon enough. Uh, close enough that I was working on some artwork for them. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I hope you are too. I'll have a, a link soon, uh, maybe in the next week or two that you can go to and uh, stay stay in touch for when we release those new podcasts. Um, if you want to get on our mailing list now, you can just go to medicalschoolhq.net and um, yeah, sign up for the MCAT and you can get on our mailing list there, the MCAT 30-page uh, review book. You'll get on our mailing list and, and stay up to date with what we do. All right, I hope you uh, enjoyed everything that we talked about today. I hope it wasn't too distracting. And as always, I hope you join us next time here at the medical school headquarters.